And now that you're here, we're all in the company of your cool aunts. I'm Sam. And I'm Ted. And this is the Your Cool Aunts podcast, where we follow the lives and times of cool aunts through Claire's diary. Welcome back. Hey, if you're new here, hop on over to the website and check it out. All of Claire's diary entries, her photography, there's lots of good stuff, so check it out. Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) It's my new 2021 greeting. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) So, how you been? What's up? We're just tearing into season four here. Sure. We're in California, bumping along. Building houses. Claire's in a lockdown, building a beautiful barn. We're all in a lockdown. Yeah, indeed. We're all in the company of lockdown. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good thing. So, what does she have to tell us today? Well, what's new yeah. on the horizon? How's Alexandra? Well, the last the last time, hang on a second. But the last time she said she hadn't intended to share so many diary entries from the time that she was spending in her mother's, but it ended up being an extended visit there because of the lockdown from the pandemic. Right. So there's a note. Shall we begin? Yes. There's a note. Nieces, aunts, and friends. I'm back again with more from California. I am but a blink away from having my own home at this point. All of us staying at Natalie's Vineyard, all five of us, got to know one another in ways impossible without the shutdown and all that came with it. A closeness and, dare I say, a bond, one that we'll all remember and we will all recall in our storytelling down the road. When the six of us managed to accomplish more in a few weeks together than we could have with a crew. We focused on the now and dealt with the future only when it became the now, just in time, just right. So much was accomplished on that beekeeper's porch. Plans, hopes, dreams, small businesses. (laughs) The harvest was completed. The tired, hungry bodies returned day after day to plan again and laugh, and yes, speculate about when we'd be normal again. Natalie can deliver a punchline like no other. And she gives us a quote. She says, not one of you will ever join up with, air quote, normal in a sentence again. (laughs) Never. But I will always welcome you here at the vineyard. You can stay here with Claire in her barn. (laughs) End of quote. Bent over laughing, we were all easy marks for her humor. And we'll talk again soon, Claire. Well, I guess they're all just getting along. <laughs> they have no choice. This is true. Can you imagine how awful it would be oh. if you uh, had some, I don't know, questionable personalities? Yeah, but they don't. Everything's good on the beekeeper's porch. Yeah. Well, one thing I must say, Laurent got away. She slipped out it because it started off with six, right? And then eventually it became five. Laurent probably had some secret knowledge from a friend in the, yeah, at yeah. Interpol or something. <laughs> so what does Claire have to tell us this week? The diary entry is entitled Better Than Instead. Hmm. Interesting title. She always comes up with these interesting titles. Yep. And she says, there are clearly times in our lives when we need to sit down to take a breath and to consider the bigger picture. The problem is that we, or more accurately, I, normally don't recognize when these periods of reflection are due. Ah, 
Let me just get right to it. She says, it's all about my experience from the pandemic shutdown. But once in my life, I had to stop whatever I was doing and to reconfigure all of my plans. And once again, I refer to the war diaries and how much I learned reading them, how much they inspired me. The impact and inspiration were not limited to the period of time when I was engaged in reading them, though. No, these diaries have had a lasting and ever-deepening effect like nothing I've ever experienced. The life experiences of the young woman writer are far and away different from mine, and yet, as time passes, I see more similarity than difference. I fear overstatement here, as I share what I see as common experiences. I've drawn so much from her stories, the will to move on to the next day, unhindered by the last one, and ready to handle things as they arise. And not a day passes without at least one thought of her. Well, it really did. I wish we knew more about what happened there. Well, Claire has said to us she's not finished oh, yeah, talking I know. about I know them, she right? Does. Any other thoughts? No? No. You're just reflecting back on the on the Love War Champagne Diaries? Yeah, I was thinking about them, actually, when she raised that. I may just go point. back and listen to that again. <laughs> every afternoon, Claire says, every afternoon we gathered on the beekeeper's porch. It seemed that we started our apero, as they say. <laughs> In other words, cocktail hour, right? Mm-hmm. That we started it later and later. And sometimes I felt like collapsing in a pile, physically exhausted from real labor, hard work. And whether we worked in the barn or in the vineyard, not a day passed without all of us engaged in something together. We really did become a work crew. I think Tim drew real pleasure from playing the role of boss, even if he was at times challenged by Alexander's contribution or know-how. It's a funny thing to watch happen as they navigated one another. Hmm. I think they were trying hard to get along. It could have been a clash, but I don't think their personalities are the type that clash. Yeah, well, think about it. I mean, they're thrown into this together. It's not something that was planned. You know, he doesn't know. They don't know each other. Neither one picked it. Neither one picked it. So here they are, and they're trying to make the best of the situation. For that matter, none of them picked it. Right, that's (laughs) true. So ultimately, though, she says, ultimately, Natalie was the real deal and a boss lady for sure. She kept her eye on the clock and the work and making sure to not start more than we could finish in any one day. The harvest had arrived early with the new watering system in place. Alexander drew out the plans from his own working system in France, where conservation is a must, so efficiency reigns. Basically, it's a sophisticated drip system. The water is delivered by a series of tubing that feeds the roots below and from above in the mornings with a drip down the stalks before the sun dries things out too, too quickly. Even though this is a very dry climate, there's an ever-present worry about mold avoidance. Tim was skeptical initially, but ultimately thrilled by the results, not to mention the minimal expense. Alexandra described it as the vineyard's vascular system, because it looked like a series of veins and arteries before we buried it just a few inches below the surface. So apparently what they did was they laid out all the tubing for all the plants and, and then like a lot of work. put it in place. Yeah. But I think this was good work because 
given what they were dealing with, this diverted their attention from the bigger yeah, issue. Yeah. That busy, was busy is good. Them. Busy is very yeah. good. So it's Natalie's little lake and stream, right? Mm-hmm. They discovered that, so it's hers, so she can access the water that was always denied to her grandfather, the water access. Right. So she continues here. Claire continues. She says, a small pump drew the water up from the lake up to the thirsty vines. Tim thought to add a sideline for the vegetable patch with another to the planters on the barn terrace. Oh, Tim, you're so smart. (laughs) Everything greened up and bloomed and bore fruit that month. The impact of the boundary issue was phenomenal. But the one thing it couldn't fix was the labor issue. Oh, yeah. Where were they going to get people to do all the work? (laughs) Just the five of them now. Natalie was under the gun to figure out how to harvest quickly enough to not lose the benefits of all that watering. Mm. Normally, in air quotes, the picking crews arrived without fanfare and on time. And this was the first time no one showed up to pick. Natalie was not at all optimistic about our collective ability to pick, crate, and press her harvest. Turn the page. (laughs) Amazing what a pandemic will do, right? Talk about motivation. Here we go. And Barrett thought otherwise. A given was the fact that picking would normally start early in the morning to avoid the heat of the day on the picked grapes. Without enough pickers, it would take us later into the day, and with that, the rising heat. Barrett's solution? A simple two-step adjustment. Italicized adjustment. What's she coming up with? It's not something different. It's just an adjustment. First, we would change time zones and work on GMT or Greenwich Mean Time, meaning eight hours ahead of Pacific Coast Time. Is that right? Eight or is it nine hours? It depends upon time of year. Sometimes they advance sooner, so it's eight or nine hours. Secondly, we'd rent a few all-terrain vehicles to shuttle smaller loads of the crated grapes directly into the coolers. Vineyard work hours would run from midnight to 8 a.m. local time, so they're going to work overnight. And Barrett's explanation left us looking at one another and checking for reaction. But no one could disagree with her idea. So I guess the idea is like smaller, faster, and overnight, right? Cooler. Yeah. No one could disagree with her idea. Okay, so they continue on. She says, rising from the table, Barrett said, quote, really, it's no worse than having a newborn to deal with. Even I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) And we're all experienced travelers here, too. We all know how to deal with jet lag, so let's just do it. And Claire says, sitting there, I thought there might have been a word cloud over my head in that very moment, revealing my thoughts, because this sounded exactly like the war diary writer, exactly the same kind of get it done with what we have mentality. Yeah. I think it's ingenious that she decided to do it at night when it is cooler and you can get a lot more done. I think Barrett is one of those interminably positive people who will find a way. We'll do it. Yep. Just keep going. You know, I think it was that was her mentality when she helped Laurent out, too. When Laurent was a kid in mm-hmm. the stuttering. Do yep. you remember that? Yep. I do remember that. She does have that attitude. Kind of said, we're going to do this. Let's go. Yeah. And just worked her through it. Amazing. So uh, shall we continue? Yeah, please. Back into the diary. Looking back and only months ago on those very early hours in the vineyard, I can say I would never have had a similar experience had I not been in a travel moratorium. 
That's a hell of a way to say it. That travel well, work. Just, yeah. That's what it is. It just makes it sound dark, you know. There's a very long list of, quote, I'd have never fill-in-the-blank experience had I not been forced into staying in place. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, we that. see that people are baking breads and doing Making kinds, podcasts. Making podcasts. <laughs> doing all kinds of things that they wouldn't have been doing, that they wouldn't have done before. And she says that we worked hard and I learned how physically hard work can force doubt from the recesses of my mind. I enjoyed the satisfaction of the work of a visual completion of a task. Come to think of it, I know I'll have a heightened level of appreciation for the next harvest celebration at Laurent's farm. And it wasn't just the harvest out in the long rows. The vines require constant care. Natalie could cover half of her vineyard while it took the four of us to cover the other half. She was like a machine working those rows, hand-tying, checking, snipping, taking a call here, making a call there, checking in on our well-being. She never slowed and never seemed to tire either. She was always first in and last out. I think there's a lot of similarity between Barrett and Natalie. Hmm. Maybe that's why they live next door to each other. (laughs) Well, I think they see eye to eye. I think that's why, you know, Barrett approached her about that cottage and Natalie's like, yeah, sure, you pay for it, you can stay there. Kindred spirits. They didn't know each other before that. So, okay, let's continue on. Work on the barn picked up again after only about three weeks of Greenwich meantime work schedule for harvesting and processing the grapes. It reminded me of my college internship in France. Returning to New York from my job as a tour guide in the Champagne Cobs, I tried to hang on to the time zone of Champagne, six hours ahead of New York. It never lasted more than a month or so. Every week, another hour slipped away from me until I finally succumbed to living in the New York time zone, albeit on an early schedule for sure. I felt the same way now and vowed to stay on a much earlier morning schedule in this time zone of the Pacific coast, because unlike the picked grapes, I thrive with a little heat and sunshine. (laughs) Claire doesn't wilt. Claire doesn't wilt. And she says, I met Tim every morning at six down on the barn terrace to review the plans for the day. Alex usually slept until he smelled coffee. And by the time Natalie and Barrett arrived, they'd already put in a few hours on their own. By eight, we were all fully into whatever the day called for. The renovation schedule was thrown out long ago when we passed every interim completion goal. They're just little worker bees out there. Gosh. Bang, bang, chop, chop, sand polish. Keeps your mind <laughs> off of other things. Every last detail of the barn's renovation would be completed in the next few days, and we planned to celebrate on Sunday, even though the barn was not yet finished as I intended it to be. I guess it'll be okay for now, and she underlines it. <laughs> oh, oh, Claire, you're kind of letting life happen here. <laughs> I guess it'll be okay for now, though, and until I can get the things I want in place. Okay, so kind of checking in with reality there. Yeah, yeah, and starter business. And And Claire says, I officially had a place to hang my hat, as they say. At the end of the day, we stumbled over to the beekeeper's porch to close out that day with wine or a cocktail and snacks, as usual. And more than once, this ended up as my dinner 
because I was just too tired. <laughs> Thoughts? No? Keep going? Okay. Keep going. And she says, one more thing. One more thing. Just, just to remind you, the title is Better Than Instead. She says, one more thing. Barrett caught me before I set out for the barn. And, and she quotes her. She says, it's Sunday. Maybe you should let things be for the day. Hang out here on the porch with me. I have a few things I want to show you. That's the end of the quote from Barrett. And Claire says, I knew she was right. There was nothing left for me to do over in the barn. Barrett clearly had a plan of some sort. And I agreed. Well, what was it? Well, she... <laughs> Jeez. She said, I have some things I want, you know, she said, what did she say? She said, I have a few things I want to show you. Right. Barrett said to Claire. So Claire, she's probably just going to go over there and sit at the barn and just like look at stuff and Mm. fuss with silly stuff, right? So Claire says, I was right. Barrett had an expandable file folder ready. It turns out she was collecting photos and source information based on my statements about what I liked or didn't like in terms of furnishing and stuff for my new old home. Mm. She found several versions of that Ames recliner, same for the Barcelona daybed, and a desk and chairs, and the farmer's table too. When Barrett put the folder on the table, the weight of it clunked down, so there was a lot to it. And she says, I was thrilled to bits. She left me there, alone, to get lost in the materials she collected. And a while later, I found her in the kitchen, where I knew from the cooking sense that she was making the Sunday classic. A roast chicken with potatoes, a mountain of mixed vegetables from her garden, fresh loaves of bread, several bottles of wine already in the fridge. And Cha, he was close by, making sure no crumb escaped. He instinctively knew where to move. He was never underfoot or in the way. She gives a quote here. I I guess it's Barrett. She says, everyone is going to be here in a few minutes. You can tell me what you thought of the file tomorrow after you've had more time with it. In the meantime, try thinking of the Ames chair and the Barcelona bed as inspirational rather than must-haves. Tomorrow, we can go somewhere interesting. I found a furniture maker not far from here. She elevates things. She never imitates She's a pearl of a designer and craftsperson, too. She has a stunning showroom. It's very Japanese, minimalist, modern, and classic. I think it might be for you, Claire. It's all the right stuff and within reach, too. My word cloud overhead? Okay, here we go. It's Madame Asai and those pearls <laughs> all over again. <laughs> oh, wow. So I guess her reference is when... When she met this uh, Japanese lady in a shop in San Francisco, it was more like a matchmaker. She wanted to find the right pearls for Claire or to find the right person for the pearls that she had, I should say. And um, the price didn't matter. She told Claire to pay her when she could. And then... And it was a trust. It was the trust. It was the trust. It was the trust. It was the pearls. It was the trust. It was the way she poured the... The cups of tea, it, it was the whole... Well, she came out dressed like in a full... Um, kimono? Yeah. If you haven't heard that one, you should go back and listen to it. Oh, that's a good one. It's a good one. That's it's a, a really very, good one. Very well, it sounds like this designer is uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Be, how cool would that be to get a designed piece of furniture that you picked out? I mean, this, this takes it to a whole other level than what she was thinking about earlier. 
Well, it's yeah. it's an original piece of artwork as opposed to a copy, mm. you know? Yeah. I think it's easy to say, okay, I'm inspired by the look of this Barcelona daybed, but to, to make it even better. And wait a second, isn't that the title of this? Better than instead of. Right? Yeah, yeah. That is, that's a so, perfect title for this. You know, she doesn't have to choose between black or brown because of those are the only two choices. She could, she could have a, you know, a original light tan, yeah. natural or whatever, pick your fabric or whatever it is. It sounds like an interesting thing to do. And her mother, you know, going out with her mother to get it's going to be kind of special. Well, Barrett's her mother, but Barrett's a cool aunt mm. all the way. Barrett's definitely a cool aunt. She's a real kindred spirit artist, you know, real secure, yeah. calm. Yeah, I can, I can imagine how she's going to decorate this place with her travels, you know, things she acquires from her travels. or And now when she does travel, when she gets back to that, being able to envision where that piece of art is going to be, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind yeah. of special yeah. when you're looking around and you say, oh, I know just the wall that that's going to live know, on. You know what I was thinking too? With Barrett making this file for Claire, right? She's not telling Claire, here's what I think you should do. She's saying to Claire, I listened to you. And I've collected these things based on what you said that you liked. Right. So she's showing her sort of based on what you said as your inspiration. Here's what I found that would relate to what you were saying. Yeah. I mean, that's that's huge. Yeah, But don't forget their deal she was, was listening to her and, you know. Right. Uh, d- don't forget the initial arrangement was her mother was going to handle the renovation of the barn while she was away getting mm-hmm. her business started and all that changed. So, well, I think she was still the project manager. Oh, I think she was yeah. too, but yeah. you know, it's not like she's doing it from a distance now there. Yeah, that all there. the whole thing. The whole, the whole thing, thing changed flipped. and yeah. So, she gets her barn and now she's going to pick But out think some of cool this furniture. too. When you when you've renovated something, you become closer to it. It becomes yours in a different way than just buying a place, you right. know. You worked hard on this floor, you polish something, you sand it, whatever, whatever task you did. And you're, you're personally, physically invested in it, Mm. right? Whereas if things had gone on as planned, they would have brought in labor to do these things. And instead, Claire was involved with it. And it's much, much more personal when it's like that. Right. Right? I think renovations are the coolest things you can do. Yeah, when they go well. When they go well. (laughs) But it's much nicer than buying something that's a turnkey you know you just walk in it's all there there's nothing personal about it you yeah. know that can get a little vague yeah yeah i'm looking forward to see to see what she brings into the house it's going to be interesting yeah oh little. before we go i was thinking of something in Audevillier, there's a, a shop that has old vineyard things like glass bottles that they used to oh, use. Oh, the big and baskets big and the bottles. Baskets. And, and I was thinking, boy, wouldn't that be an incredible place to go shopping for some accessories for the barn? Yeah. You know? oh, yeah, that would be cool. Those big glass bottles. Anyway, haute vidier soon. When things are normal again. Yeah. This diary, this diary entry has come to an end, my friend. So... Don't forget, you can go back and you can listen to any of our episodes. Go back and check out Madame Asai and the Pearls. Follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Sam. And I'm Ted. And we'll see you next time when we're back, back at, at the, the mic. mic.